right. Black and White Christianity, episode six. Yes. Let's get after it. We're glad you're here. And we're your hosts, Walter Mitchell. And Tyreek Osborne. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, tonight we're going to talk about why is Jesus so offensive? We're going to get into why is it so hard to talk about Jesus? Why is it so hard to share the gospel? We're going to talk about those things. I'm going to ask a question, and I want us both to just kind of talk about it because I think this particular topic is important because I think a lot of people get tight when Jesus' name gets brought up. So why do some Christians try to make Jesus come across as less offensive than his message really is? What would you say? Uh, I just really feel like they want to package Jesus for the masses. Like Jesus is for everybody. You know, uh, come one, come all, come as you are, and, you know, stay as you are. Just have the love of Christ. Like, you know, they like, wants it to be like a blanket statement for everybody to just be who they want to be and still claim Christ, which is just not the case. So I, I think, like, uh, it's very offensive because... Uh, the you know the the true message that Jesus Christ came and brought is a is really a message of division, not not so much as gathering everybody up. It's more so about separating his from the world's. Mm. I I think it's a good point. I want to clarify what you meant by that. You would say Jesus is for everybody, but it's not to remain as you are. Correct. Everybody type of thing. Correct. Right. Okay. I, I, another part of that is I really think that people care more about what people think about them. And so when they bring up Christ, when they bring up Jesus and the gospel, they saw, they may soften it because they don't really want to have that uncomfortable conversation. They don't really want it to go sideways or things to get kind of heated because most people want to be liked. And so if they bring this up, there is a absolute guarantee that they're either going to not receive it or come alongside you and say, I already believe, or you're going to have an opening there. Would you say that that's more so cowardice than actually wanting mm. everybody to like them? Hmm. So like you're saying, because of there may be some consternation in the conversation, they hesitate. You would say that that may be, some, that may be a little it's cowardly. There's a strong difference. All right, so I'm gonna kind of lightly go off topic just to just to come come into this point. We could come to agreement on the point. So a woman that wants everybody to identify them as a man, even though they are clearly a woman, or vice versa, you know, because you are telling them the truth, like you are a woman. I don't care what you think that you are, what you want to be, but you're not. You are a woman. That and the fact of the matter is that the Bible talks about that as well. So, like the fact that you are telling them the tr truth, but they don't want to hear that truth, now you're having a consternation between you two. But if you just go, you know, I just want to just, you know, I, we, God loves you, and God wants you just how you are. You know, like if that's how you feel, I to me, I don't feel like that's so much that you want them to like you as opposed to you don't want that kind of consternation or that kind of friction. Do you get what mm. I'm saying about that? So do you, yeah. Do you agree? yeah, yeah, yeah. I can go with you on that point. I can go with you that there may be a little bit of cowardliness there because of, especially the point you're making about the uh, transgender and the gender dysphoria, all of this craziness that's going on. That's a hot button topic. So absolutely, people are going to 
really try to wrap it up in a nice, soft, cushy bow, when in reality, we, we're called to expose sin. And the mm -hmm. best way to love somebody via the word is in truth. The majority of people don't want to hear the truth. And so, like you said earlier, we like to twist, grab, and pull, and snatch certain things out of Scripture that are widely accepted. Love. For the majority, love is accepted. There are different variations of love or what people would consider the definition of love, but I can pretty much stand on love and in, in a way be accepted in most categories. You start talking about hell or sin or uh, uh, wrongdoing, now we're on a different now we're now we're on a different role here. People or do not captain of your own ship. You start talking about that, that is also gonna start ruffling feathers. Like, oh, I I can't do what I want. I live in America. This is the land of freedom. I can do whatever I want. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like to say that you have to bend a knee to Jesus Christ, everybody's gonna do it at the end, but it's it's, it's crucial that you do it now. You know what I mean? And people are like, now. No, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to bend the knee. I don't want to amend my ways. I've had somebody tell me straight up to my face, "I don't want to change. If I can't have Jesus the way I am, then I don't want Jesus." I've had people say it to my face. Well, an individual say it to my face. I was just like, "Wow, hey then." It, it it really. It's why why we're so timid to share the gospel because it will change the status quo. Let's say you're in an environment that is uh, uh, an ecosystem because every, every work environment is like a mini little ecosystem or, or whatever you want to call it, a little uh, uh, community. If you start to talk like this, that status quo changes. There's going to be different thoughts about you now. You're going to very much divide yourself as someone who doesn't take part necessarily in the slop. So you've now said, hey, look, I'm, I'm a Christ follower. I follow Jesus. I don't really participate in that. Instead, what a lot of Christians do is they just remain silent. They don't say anything. They may lightly take part or they may um, uh, just kind of excuse themselves, but they won't ever give a reason because it's just uncomfortable. You know what I mean? We don't like to be uncomfortable. Boy, we are creatures of comfort here. Even in conversation, we want it to be comfortable. Um, and so that I, I think that is why we try to soften it because we want it to be accepted. And here's the other part of that. And I'm going to roll into the next question here. The danger in softening the heaviness of what Jesus' message stood for is that they don't truly receive the full message. And so you have a bunch of people who believe they're saved, but are not. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say that that is the danger in softening. And I'm going to read from the word here in this particular part. Uh, and I'm going to be in Luke 12, 51 through 53. <clears throat> and this is Christ talking. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, where there will, there, where there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three, there will be divided father against son, son against father. Mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. So Jesus didn't come to bring peace. He came to bring division. Who's mine, like what you said earlier, and who belongs to the prince of the air, who belongs to the world. 
What would you say is another danger of softening the heaviness of the gospel? The I'd say I'd say the going there, there's a there's a warning in Revelation that says don't change these words. You know, don't don't you don't you mix it up, don't do any, don't go against what this says. Anybody who changes these words, there's gonna be consequences. I say that's another reason to watch how you convey the word of God to people because like there's this staunch like you know consequences for you I, I think that when you start to soften the gospel you you get away from the sternness and the correction that the that the word of God brings when you're always talking about hyper love hyper grace hyper this hyper that you take away from you you're, you're taking responsibility out of the equation personal responsibility accountability uh know, knowing the word for yourself now, now you can just go to church listen to it listen to a sermon and be like man I want to you start to check blocks instead of having the relationship that you should and that mm. relate that you know running from the staunchness of the word keeps you away from the relationship because to truly know somebody you have to know the severity of the person as well as the love of the person i would say so you have to know where you can step and where you can't if somebody that you care about tells you do not do this thing whether you're afraid of them or whether you just love them to pieces and you don't want to lose them, there is a point where you're going to say, I won't do this because I know this individual does not like this. So I'm not going to step that way. I'm going to make myself um, aware of the things that will cause them to be angry or move to wrath against me. And I'm going to avoid those things. Do you get what I'm saying? So, I mean, like mm -hmm. you are, not in the word if you're not in it for yourself and you only want to talk about hyper love and hyper grace hyper that you are cheapening grace and you're trampling god sat jesus christ's sacrifice on the cross for you so mm -hmm. it, it is definitely scary to soften the word of god i i i would advise against it highly advise against it you know what i believe is a catalyst here to not finding Jesus Christ or the message of Christ offensive, there has to be the fear of God. If the fear of God is there, the, the message of Christ isn't offensive. It's freeing. It's salvation. It is love. Because when you look at what you deserve and what Jesus offers you, my mm. goodness, why aren't we running to that? But see, if there's no fear of God, then all Jesus and his message brings you is, complete restriction and a bunch of rules that you can no longer do what you once did. And so I think a lot of times that's another reason is like what you said earlier is, ah, oh man, you know, we live in America. I should be able to do whatever I want. Look, submit to the authorities that are placed over you. True. But this idea that taste everything, touch everything, see everything is not good for you. Not everything is beneficial. So you have to understand through discernment and here we're getting into more mature things, bro, more mature things now. The thing about, let me ask you just candidly, just candidly, is it difficult for you in conversation to bring up Jesus Christ and the mess and the gospel? Is it difficult? And if it's not, why would it be difficult for other people? 
No, you like it's very simple to plug Christ. What it is, like you said earlier, is um, I, I I truly believe if it's not full fledged cowardice, it's it's light cowardice. What and I don't know if you can like the the green cowardice or whatever, but like a lot of times in your mind, you're like this person's not going to receive what I'm going to say to them. I'm going to try to talk to them about Jesus and the, and the breaks are going to, you know, pause and, you know, there's a wall that's going to get built up instantly and it's just going to be awkward. Or, you know, they believe some other religion and they're going to try to tell me otherwise, you know, when I'm trying to help them. Uh, yeah, man, for other people, I, I think those are those are the those are the kind of things that they may think about if they're believers, if they want to share the word of God, that like those kind of things are going to pop up. And then it could also start to cause uh, ill effects in their personal lives as well. Let me ask you this. You played football, right? Correct. Played football. What is some of the major differences in how you're feeling? when you're on the field in the game and the lights are on than when you're sitting in the stands on a Friday night, what are some differences that you would say are apparent in your, how you're feeling and your emotions in those different scenarios? <laughs> you mean me personally or how just I as a football player, just as a football, I, I would, my type, my time spent on the football field was mostly a, on a mat or on the ground. You played a lot more than me. So <laughs> you're better suited to answer this question. <laughs> well, I mean, like when when you're on the field, it's it's not to me. It's not a game. It's real life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like these people can and will hurt you if you allow them <laughs> to do it. This isn't a joke. It, it's dangerous in there. So like you have to, you know, head on a swivel. You have mm -hmm. to be active, but at the same time, I've also been in the stands where I've seen parents and onlookers more into the game than the people actually feel. Like, but to your point, go ahead. to your point though, those people can hurt you. They can think of you poorly, but does that make you any less not get in the game come no, Friday not, night? Oh, no. You, you're, 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 you know, that's that. That's <laughs> I don't know where I don't know is that I'm gonna just I'm a trail. I'm sorry, you reel me in if I'm a, if I'm going off. <laughs> but like that, that's the risk. That's the risk that you take to do something you love. Do you get what I mean? Like that's something. When I play football, I love football. I wasn't able to play football for a long time because my uncle passed away playing football. My mom wouldn't allow me to play football. Somebody finally talked her into it around my junior year. So I was so excited to get in there. Caution to the wind. I was just trying to be out there and just be all I can do. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I was just trying to do what I could. And, and when you're out there, yes, there's risk. And you are thinking about those risks because that is you who is out there on the field and different things like that. But the, the thing about it is, is it's risk mitigation. You're not only are you playing the game and it's very real to you, but you're also watching you're you're being prepared you're reading things you're 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 looking at the defense how they shift in their formations all those different kind of things your weight you you know you got the twitch muscles ready for the height all of those different things that's the same in in christianity like when you when you are we've gone out on the road together you and i out to the uh to the homeless and you know 
And, and, and in those times, it's not because it's you and me, it's not as tense to me because I'm with you. But if I was by myself, I'd be a little more, you know, ready, ready to go here and go there and like move mm. and shake. And, uh, and it's, and it's the same. It, all of that stuff is risky. When you go out there, you could die on the field. When you go out to speak to people, you could die out there. It's, it's a present danger. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I think some of the main stuff is that I'm taking from, and, and you're right. Yeah. 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 Come uh, yeah. On. I, I appreciate you going down the rabbit hole with me because that's the whole, was the whole purpose of this analogy. If it matters to you, you will go football in the moment, in that time period of your life, it mattered to you, regardless of broken limbs and splattered and shattered spines, you were getting out there. Mm-hmm. Christianity. Does it matter? And I know what people are going to say. Everybody's got different gifts. Yes, they do. Yes, they do have different gifts. But here's the deal. First of all, do you know what gift you have? And second of all, are you using it? Because that whole talk of everybody's got different gifts, aka means maybe not everybody's called to be Billy Graham or to go out on the street like you guys do. You are called to proclaim. That's without the spiritual gifts. Yes, the spiritual gifts help you proclaim. The gift of tongues, I know a lot of people say, hey, that ceases. I don't fall in that camp. Now, I'm not saying I'm fully on board with what some of the Pentecostals do, but I'm saying that the spirit of the, the gift of tongues was to help you proclaim. That was to help you proclaim and do some other things and the other spiritual things like that. So I'm just saying, if it matters to you, especially for the furtherment of the kingdom, in this particular scenario, would you care more of what Christ and the Almighty thought about you or about people that are damned to hell that you are trying to give them the saving grace of Christ? And honestly, that's where I was going. You know what I mean? Like, there's risk here. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. It's cool. There's risk here. But is the risk worth the reward? And to Christians, absolutely. You know what I mean? People who are actually understand what the Lord is calling us to do, understand what's waiting for us at the finish line. I'd much rather risk it all right now than try to play it safe and get to the end. And the Almighty's like, you're lacking. You know, you've been found wanting. Yes, yes. (laughs) And I I know if anybody comments on any of these, I know what's going to be said. You talk about works. Yes, we're talking about works, but in in very specific context. So I'm not going to go into that right now. It's not works for salvation. It's works because you're saved. That's as as far as I'll go into that. What I'm going to say is, like you said, leave it all out on the field. There's a difference between the people in the game and the people in the stands. And it's easy while you're in the stands to throw money or water bottles at the people on the field because you're not out there. Do the right thing. And, and, you know, hopefully you use it right. Same with the church, especially here in America. Instead of getting, getting face-to-face with people, we're much more willing to push a resource that way and hope that that'll further Christ's kingdom somehow, some way, and we'll just hope the pie gets made. But we would like a slice when it's done. <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm not, and I'm not here to just rag on people. I'm really not. I'm here to encourage you get in the scrum, get out there. 
Absolutely. Your thoughts. <laughs> oh no. Like like everything you're saying, I agree. I, I I wholly agree on that. And like like you said, that's that's a great that's a great example. You you um about the about the people in the stands, like just you know, they're not in any kind of danger. They're just off to the side. They're not on the field. They're just mm -hmm. off to the side. So like they're spectating. They got a whole lot to say, but not a lot to do with the game. So uh or the outcome. So uh but you you also have said some uh you've also had said something in the past to me. Uh this is this is in reference to the the works, not the works till salvation, but the works because you're saved, or because mm -hmm. you know, you said, What are you gonna believe somebody that says that they're a carpenter or a contractor or something like that and you've never seen them with a hammer or swinging it or anything like that they've never done anything they never even look dirty they're like they're just clean fresh all the time i'm a contractor where's your evidence you know where's the evidence that you are a where's your heart where's your hard hat where's your tools where's your yeah i never see you with anything that would remotely say this guy is a contractor ever every time i see you that's that's what we're talking about here. That's that's exactly what we're talking about. You know, I, I find it. In, in, yes, I use that analogy because. Prove it. I think that's what it comes down to. Prove you are what you say you are. Okay. I've talked to a lot of people about Christ. and That's not that's not a boast. I'm not using it. I'm using it as an example. I like to talk to people that are of different religions and I talked to a gentleman a uh, couple weeks back who was a hindu and i had a discussion with him i'm sorry muslim i had a discussion with him full-blown discussion didn't get wild i proclaimed christ to him he told me what he was and he looked at me and he said you know it's pretty impressive that someone your age can have this kind of conversation with me about not only mine but about yours and just have a, an intelligent conversation he goes that's so rare and he wasn't from this country that hurt me because that means that my fellow brothers and sisters here are very content with letting the tense conversations for the cross pass by. I'd much rather talk about football than Jesus. And that's a problem. That's a problem. You've said it many times before. You enjoy talking back and forth all day long. Because the conversation is, has the ability to go deep. Where's the depth anymore? No. Nope. So I'm going to, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, what would you say for maybe people that would claim to know Christ? This is a person that's been to church, maybe grew up in church but it was always something maybe secondary for them. Grandmother believed, parents believed. They went to Awana slash Pioneer Club, one of these type of things, but it never really was theirs. And you bring up the full gospel to them and they get a bit offended about it. Why, why do they do that? Why does that happen? They claim to be Christian, but why does that happen when you, when you bring stuff up that they didn't know? They get all upset. Uh, we, uh, a lot, a lot of times, instead of like this, this right here, this is a whole milk. Okay. This, mm -hmm. this, 
peas, this is the rice, this is the whatever kind of meat you have here. This is this is a whole thing. You don't just eat your meat and throw the rest of that away. You don't just eat your peas and, and say that's it. You know, it's a whole meal. You gotta eat everything, whether you like it or not. So this whole entire thing is something that you have to consume and and that's what it's gonna be. A lot of people wrap their whole entire understanding of Christ and Christianity all into events that happen here. So let's just say, um, you know, the rapture. These are, that's a common topic that divides. Like if you have a different understanding or idea of what the rapture is about, then somebody else even though you both believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, even though you both believe that he was uh, crucified, buried and raised on the third, all of that stuff, you get all of that you believe together. But if you have a different idea of what the rapture is going to be or how it's going to work out, and then somebody else has a different one, those conflicting mindsets on that specific topic will divide people. And, and it's sad because it's, it's sad on so many different levels. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord, but we can't even have this conversation about this, about this event that, that's, that's coming. And we can't even come to an understanding where, like you said earlier with the, with the gentleman that was Muslim, that we could just have an intellectual conversation about it. And I bring you facts that I found in the Bible and you bring me your facts that you find in the Bible. A lot of the times, like you said earlier, my father believes this. So therefore I believe this. My grandmother believes this. So therefore I believe this. And now that that's the hinge pin on your whole entire belief system as a Christian. So when we have a disagreement about the rapture, what I'm saying is everything that you believe about the Bible is off. How did we hmm. get there? There's one right. specific thing we're having a, a disagreement about but not even a disagreement just like like we're having an intellectual conversation back and forth based on facts in the bible but it's going to get heated because the emotional connection yep. that you family thoughts why are why are we so able to have heated and offensive and uncomfortable conversations about anything else Differences in opinions about anything else. We're cool. We're getting in that conversation. It gets heated, whatever. We'll just get in there. But when it comes to Jesus, we're like, eh. I don't know. I don't know what it is about it, but it's, and then on top of that, when somebody comes to you and they know you're a Christian and they say to you, and they're not, they're not a believer or they're from a different religion. I don't think that's how you guys were supposed to live. That is to our shame. Because somebody else that knows about Christians was shown the right way and they're looking at you who's now a Christian and you, you're using the Lord's name in vain. You're not adhering to scripture and they know. They don't believe how you believe, but they're like, I thought you guys weren't supposed to. I've had a multitude of people. I've heard it and I've had it said to me. And this was back when I was not doing what I should have been doing. But I thought you guys weren't supposed to do that. Ouch. You're right. You. Someone who's not a Christian has just shamed me. Why can't we take that? Why do we get offended and be like, are you a Christian? 
What's it? We can't. We just can't take correction. <laughs> I, I true. I truly believe that's a maturity thing, and yeah. I also and I also believe that that is a knowing versus ignorance thing as well. Like a lot of times we may know that we're supposed to do something like that, but we have no integrity. We we know we're not supposed to do this thing, but we're like, yeah, nobody's gonna watch. And then somebody out of left field that we know, like you said, don't have anything to do with Christ. They call us out on it because they've heard these things. And now they're looking at you like, you're getting G-checked by, by somebody that's not in the faith, but they've heard from somebody else in the faith that this is how it's supposed to be. And they are you. And you know they're right. You, and you know, know they're, they're right. Know they're and right. that's what hurts because you have just been openly checked by someone who's not a brother or sister. So they didn't bring you along in a private room like, hey, man, you, you really shouldn't be talking like this. They openly shamed you. And you were like, in that moment, you had a decision. Humble yourself and say they were right. If they were, get offended. And boy, do we like to lean on the get offended. That's the flesh. The flesh. <laughs> the flesh. We, we, we're bred in conflict. The flesh loves to get offended, loves to cover itself up. Look at, look at Adam and Eve. They did what they did. They, then they knew they were naked. And then they covered themselves up. We still do that to this day. We just use other methods of covering ourselves up. We don't yeah. physically grab something and cover ourselves. We cover ourselves with fake smiles when we're burning up on the inside. We cover ourselves up with high brother and sister, whatever. And then two seconds later, I can't stand that person. We cover ourselves up all the time. Like you said, it's time to pull these, these curtains and these- Big leaves. Things things down yes these kind <laughs> of pull them down and just be real be, living your integrity like that that's huge you know that's huge to just do the right thing whether people are looking or not somebody's watching always we know that as a believer always somebody's watching you don't have to be a physical person <laughs> right you're watching. always being recorded there yep. is a always. record being penned at yep. this very moment we are no exception here on black and white christianity we're no exception we still have maturing to do. I still have things to work on. Tyreek still has things to work on. We all have things to work on. Our encouragement to you is to keep going. And just because things get a little heated, the Lord is with you. Just go. Where you go, the kingdom goes with you. So it's don't be scared to get in a conversation for, for Christ. That's what we're doing here. That's the whole reason. We became Christians was to spread the gospel. So I, uh, I would like to read the scripture if you don't mind. Yeah, no, by all means. This I'm kind of waiting on you. Yeah, First Corinthians chapter one <laughs> and 23 uh, through 24. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. When I read this, when I read this, this is this is another thing. This is yet another thing that that I feel that causes offense to people when you start to talk about Jesus Christ, because like many I don't know all the other religions and stuff like that. But one of the main things is the fact that God came down and was among 
these people and Jesus Christ and among us and the flesh, Jesus Christ was here, taught us how it was done, you know, uh, all of these different things. And in the, in the weakness that we perceive to be the weakness, the fact that he was able, you know, if he, if he's this powerful person and he knows all was before all, all of these different things. And he knew that this things was going to happen to him. Why didn't he avoid it? Why didn't he run from that? Why in the world would you allow yourself to be beat down, bruised, battered, and then put on the cross and crucified and have your side pierced and all, all of the terrible things that happened to our Lord and Savior? Why would you allow those kind of things to happen? So when you tell somebody about Jesus Christ, you also have to tell them about the cross and how in that moment in the flesh, it looked like it was a moment of weakness. It was his triumph right then and there over sin and the power it had over us. Mm. Like the scripture just said, that is foolishness to those that don't believe. The cross is the, the wildest thing you can tell anybody that is a non-believer. It's foolishness to mm. them. How do you Preach. feel? How do you feel? That's good. I like that. I love um, a quote from A.W. Tozer, and I quote this a lot. There was one thing you knew about a man leaving the city with a cross is he wasn't coming back. And, and that, that is how we should be. Pick up our cross, not only go out there, but then go die. So mm -hmm. what, what, why would you fear somebody that could just kill the flesh? Here's the other part of the, tonight. Fear God. Fear men. Don't worry about what they think or what they can do to you. Fear the one that can take your soul and cast it into eternal darkness and fire. It makes it a lot easier to talk to people when you fear him instead of them. And I think, I think that's a great place to end tonight. And I want, I want you guys to just be encouraged. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. And don't worry about the consequences. The Lord will take care of you. If you lose your job for preaching the, 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 the gospel, don't you think he's going to look after his children? That is a blessing to you. Yes. Don't it's, it's I, I, know, I know it's sacrifice. It's all about the sacrifice as believers. When you, when you give up things for the cross, it's going to be better for you. You're going to be rewarded. You're going to be blessed for these things, but you have to believe on God. You cannot waver. You cannot get, become double-minded or anything like that. The Bible tells us to uh, choose this day whom you will serve. Who, who are you going to serve? Are you going to be are you going to be concerned about the world and what the world can do to you and what the world can take from you? I heard something from somebody that was so powerful that I had to sit back and just and this was a while back. I had to sit back and just take it all in. Said the word the the most the world could do to you is take your life. Mm. It sounds simple and and little and it's like, oh man, to some people taking their life is that's it. That's all it is to it. They don't understand that that's just the beginning. There is a life after this life and mm. you will bow before an almighty God and you will be there and you will be terrified, mm. period. There's no way you're not. The only hope that you have is Jesus Christ that's going to be there as an advocate on your side. If you do not have Jesus Christ, it will just be all bad for you. Mm. That's what I'm going to leave y'all with tonight. <laughs> hey, 
That's great. And uh, and guys and, and ladies, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. And we hope you'll come back. And we're going to keep putting these out. And we're going to keep coming to you with, with new topics to talk about. We really are planning to get some people on here to interview. We're trying to set that up right now. So stay tuned. That's coming. That's on the way. And like always, guys, we love you. God bless. God bless.